Welcome to Happy Hour. Happy Thursday, everybody. Sean Cantwell, Adam Harahawk, it's your local alternative, Solid State Radio. And my, we got an action-packed show today. A lot of Red Wing stuff, as you might imagine, with us being a week away from the NHL trade deadline. A lot of Wings-related ground to cover. And, of course, we have a game tonight, as we're really just kind of hoping that Stevie Y is going to make some moves. Of course, as you can imagine, next Friday on the show, it's going to be just full-on trade center. Like, everything that comes in right around 3 o'clock when we hit the airwaves here, oh, we're going to be talking about it. It's going to be, uh, it's usually our most fun show of the year, at least for the two of us, because we get to just totally nerd out on hockey for the entire duration of the program. Good times all the way around, at least for us. And then by the time we go live on uh, WMIC at 5.30, we'll have pretty much all the stuff that matters pretty well situated. We'll know who's officially going where and if the Wings did make those big moves that we wanted to see them make. Of course, that's going to be the big thing that leads off today's show is there's a name on my list who you guys know I really wanted here and he's not going to be coming here. A couple of the Red Wings things to touch on as well. We'll also get into the Lions. We have some odds on where NFL free agents are going to land and those odds would seem to suggest that maybe Brad Holmes and company have been less than forthright with us about the free agency process thus far. We'll talk about that coming up. And it's Thursday. We'll get to a little bit of MIVA hole later on the program as well. Much to do today, so don't go anywhere. It is happy hour at your local alternative, Solid State Radio. Well, the top name off of my trade deadline target list has already been taken off the board. Cue the music, though, because we do at least have some good things to discuss. <laughs> I'll start right off the jump. Chris Tanev going to the Dallas Stars. Yeah, that was. Uh, I know you were really high on this guy. Um, I, I would like to see. I want to see. I want to see everybody play for the Red Wings. Quite, quite frankly, but I mean, I know that he was everybody's trade uh, market kind of guy. But well, Noah Hannafin's still out there. I Hannafin's guess Hannafin's there. Uh, if you're looking outside of defense, who's that cat that uh, uh, Pittsburgh has been? Jake Gunsel? Uh, yeah, they're saying that he might be on the move. So that, I've heard. That would be that would be interesting. I don't necessarily hate the idea. I have a feeling between now and Tuesday we're going to see a lot of movement with all with Between all now and Tuesday? Between now and Tuesday. I mean the deadline's uh, Friday, yeah. Deadline's Friday, but the way it's been the last couple of years it seems to be all the fireworks happen beforehand and then there's no grand finale. It's usually some uh fourth liner for a fifth round pick and God, I hope there is because the trade deadline falls on a Friday this year, and and I want to have the big trade center show here on Happy Hour for the Another FM. Pick is in. Oh, Dylan Larkin and Patrick Kane going to Columbus for uh, a pack, of, a sack of pucks. Right. That that would be the kind of thing that would happen. I don't think it no, will. That's not even close to what Steve Eisman. <laughs> no, the Wings are. Uh, I would still say buyers at this point. We'll probably dig more into buy or sell on potential trade candidates oh, yeah. tomorrow. Oh, spoiler alert, they're, I think they're definitely buyers, but we'll save more for tomorrow. I, I tend to agree on that as well, but we do have a game tonight we got to talk about. Yeah, New York Islanders. Uh, Patrick Waugh coming back to Detroit, this time as the bench boss, and they're already there's already grumblings that he may not last the season. Really? Yeah. That would be hilarious. I mean, there's really no, but nobody of note 
uh, that I can nobody of note that I can quote, but you know it's the rumors are there and they're rampant. That I mean the Islanders they haven't done well, and uh, Lamorello is that yeah Lamorello Lou oh Lou yeah how he, how did they ever bastard how they ever agree to that like he's actually coaching a Lou Lamorello managed team like. Mm-hmm. How can those egos exist in the same room? Well, I, Lou stopped learning about he he, he and uh, uh, Kenny Holland. They stopped learning hockey right around two thousand. And Patrick Wall, oh, I know that name. Put him in. He yeah, he probably thinks he's still playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thus far, since sacking Lane Lambert, uh, Wall has got the team out to a five five and three start. So just over five hundred, under five hundred. Correct. Like they're they're certainly not gaining any ground. They're currently sitting at sixth in the Metropolitan Division. Yeah, I mean, if he fires him before, first of all, it'd be hilarious and yet terrible that he fires Patrick Waugh before the end of the season. Like, listen, you gave me a couple of months to take care of an entire season. You, you just can't do that. At least give him the benefit of the doubt. Give him next season, and then you know, if this time next year you're not happy, then boot him. But Lou Lamorello is like, listen, I'm like 87 thousand years old i haven't got much time left right i could go at any time i'm one slip slip in the shower away man and that's that's just kind of uh the where where that team like where he's fighting himself like trying to win now and i just don't think that that's really a feasible thing there's too many good teams in the metro right now that you'd have to pull ahead to even be in a playoff spot or sniff anywhere near it. Like the Rangers are the best team in the league right now. Yeah. Uh, Carolina and Philly are certainly no slouches. And the wild card is going through the Atlantic. So you don't even have much of a hope of clinching a, or of catching a wild card spot at this point. No, no, not at all. The, the season's done. They're going to be sellers when uh, by March 8th. It it's all depends on how to make sure they don't get embarrassed. Uh, Patrick Waugh has got to be able to show his uh, what he can do behind the bench. If not for this team, uh, for, for his highlight reel, so he can get another job in the NHL, because you know he will. Well, I didn't think he would after the last one, and he didn't for a uh, long time. He shocked a lot of people, didn't he? I honestly didn't think we'd ever see Patrick Waugh coach in the National Hockey League again. And yet, here he is. And, and somehow... But yeah, oh no! Well, it's been pretty shabby. I mean, less so with the, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> the fact that he got a job is you know right because he didn't like his last two seasons in Colorado did not go well, and then he it was almost uh, it was what seven years before he got a second chance at it, yep. and so far that ain't going well. No, but I mean, halfway through the season, your team was hot garbage. You don't have anybody. Uh, you got to give him some time. I mean, Lamorello. Instead of worrying about beards and jersey numbers, how about we get some talent on the ice? Yeah, there's not a lot to go around there. And I don't expect that there's really much they can do to, to really turn this thing around in any kind of short order. I mean, it's not like it, it, you're pretty top-loaded with some pr- fantastic talent and guys like Matthew Barzal and Bo Horvat and Brock Nelson. And like Even, even your uh, secondary folks like Palmieri and Anders Lee. Like, it's not like you don't have talent there. It's that for whatever reason... They're not gelling? No. Is that it? I mean... I mean, I tend to think that, because, I mean, there's too much good talent here for them to not be playing better than they are. But I, you know, I, I, I kind of wonder. I, like, maybe this just, this core just isn't it. Well, goals four, they're not putting them in the net. There's 22nd in the league. 
Uh, 23rd in the league for goals against. They're not looking good at all. 24th in assists, 22nd in the league for shooting percentage. Their penalty kill, they are dead last. So if you get a pe- if you uh, get the power play on this team, things are looking good for you. Yeah. So uh, so you're saying is that bodes well for the Wings tonight? I think so. I mean, they certainly. Uh, I'm sure you mentioned it yesterday uh, about them taking on the Capitals, and in tribute to Alexander Ovechkin, scored eight goals. Yeah, good on them. That they did. Good, good on them indeed. <laughs> we'll see if we can keep the streak rolling going into. Uh, Going into the trade deadline next week, here's Spacehog at South State Radio. So briefly, I kind of wanted to just bring this up. Like, I don't want to get too far deep into the rabbit hole on it. And quite frankly, I don't want to give the name because they're not a sponsor of this radio show. But the Wings have succumbed to the whole uh, sponsor on the jersey thing. Yeah, we knew it was happening. I mean... That's a trash company, which I really I hate that even more. No, it's, it's kind of waste management. Bada boom, bada bing. Yeah, but here's the thing. This, this team isn't owned by a mafia boss who's funneling, who's laundering his money through a series of garbage disposals. <laughs> Upon further review, yeah, we have a good goal. I know the puck was, like, really far away from the goal mouth, but uh, we have in a fact, good goal. In fact, it was in the other net. Like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> Should have seen it. <laughs> we, you know, we we make jokes, but that was a legit thing. Like they, yeah, and they're supposed to be coming out. I don't know if you heard the movie about that at yeah. some point. Like it's it I, I is in the works. That, yeah, because uh, I've been hearing that uh, that news story being brought up more often. It's it's kind of crazy how that all happens right before a movie comes out, just to get people talking about it. Well, we had we had watched. We'd sat down a while back yeah. during one of our. Uh, um, one of our uh, hockey, <laughs> hockey movie sleepover sessions. At the, <laughs> we get the footy pajamas, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, and everything. I think it was the, we were watching the uh, Ice Guardians documentary, and then yeah, yeah. found uh, then I'd come across the Netflix. Uh, Netflix or was that a Thirty for Thirty? No, that was that was a Netflix one. Okay, yeah, because it was it was the same the Trashers, the same series that they did the Malice of the Palace one on, which I don't oh, think yeah. you've seen yet. Uh, but they did one about the Danbury Trashers. <laughs> and so we, we were sitting watching that one day. But no, they're, they're actually making a movie out of that, apparently. Um, but Priority or whatever I name don't, it. Yeah, don't I don't care because, right. again, they're not, they're not sponsoring this radio show. But we'll talk about you plenty and maybe even in good terms if you pay us. But until that happens. But I just don't like the optics of slapping a trash company name on our jerseys, especially when this team's actually doing quite well right now. Yeah, how much money does this bring in? I would love to see the metrics on this. And we're never going to, as you no, well I know. Mean, I mean, is it a million dollars? A million dollars to have a, like, okay, I need a trash company. Uh, oh, oh, what's that, what does that say on their jersey? Well, let's call them. Honey, get them on the phone. I, we just start bleeping out their name. Right. <laughs> it's got to be more than a million, you would think, right? I mean, I, you're, a million's not even barely a drop in the bucket for, like, for salary, like, right? Can I think the the well the naming rights for um, I want to say it's Comerica, we're somewhere in the neighborhood of like twenty million years. So it's but it, that's the building. I mean, that is but it means the entire building. Sure, but to put it on the actual jersey where you know that they're going to get a lot of people who are not really thrilled about that to piss people off to that level. You better be. They better be making it worth the illage's while. I would hope so. Uh, I mean, they're just going to uh, have them stitch a patch on there. And, and I've seen the patch. It's not as gaudy as I was 
thinking it was going to be. It, it's not as intrusive as you would expect. Probably about on the same level as the the milk one that's on the maple laugh jerseys. Yeah, but. Where does it stop? Are we done now, or are we going to be all of a sudden we're going to be looking like uh, you know the KHL where it, they look like NASCAR jackets? What patches the logo? I have no idea. Right. You know? Like if I remember right, soccer jerseys are kind of bad like that too, where you have multiple sponsors and things on, on the. You, like, you look at, at the Swedish Elite League, and the their jerseys are just covered in patches. The ice is co- you can't see the face-off circles because is that a face-off circle? Oh, nope, that's for Pepsi or whatever they've got over there in Sweden. And it's, right. it's just it's too much. It's gaudy. It takes away from the game. Um, and it's all corporate greed, which I know if we had a problem with corporate greed, we wouldn't go to a place called Little Caesars Arena or Comerica Park or Ford Field. But this is, right. this is where we find ourselves. But at some time, you gotta say enough. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting a little bit over the top at this point. I mean, it's going to continue to happen, obviously, no doubt about that. But so does that, that mean we have to be happy about it. That means if I buy a jersey from NHL.com, it's going to show up with that priority, that, excuse me, <coughs> waste management company uh, thing on there? Um, you know, I'm not entirely certain on that. Like, I'm... Like I'm, I've uh, from what I've been reading about it. If you buy it at the team store, it probably will. But if you buy it online, it won't. At least for right now, I don't. I won't buy them. I will not buy it with those those patches on there. I mean, I always thought it was stupid watching when NASCAR was really really hot. Yeah. Uh, watching people walk around with like Jeff Gordon uh, jackets and so is Pepsi paying you? Is Dupont paying you? What are you? What's going on here, bud? No, I'm just walking around. Oh, okay. You just really like M&M's there, bud? No, no, I just I like the driver. Yeah, I'm not paying to be someone else's walking billboard, unless I'm actively paying to be their walking billboard. Yeah. yeah M&M's, the Mars uh, Candy Company, if you want to pay me a couple million dollars, I'll, I'll walk around as an M&M. I mean, I'll walk around. I mean, we say this, but how many shirts do we have from, like, especially from, like, bands and things that we're going around walking around promoting? Bands are people that are creating music that we enjoy. I have a, we have a couple from, like, stores and things, too. Like, the mm-hmm. one that used to be up front in the, the Lyric here, I've got a shirt from them. And, uh, well, our other buddy, Wes, is that too. So, like, I have a, uh-huh. cu- a couple things aren't necessarily there. And, oh, and a couple from distilleries and breweries. But and you're th- making that choice. It's not, it's not okay, I'm going to buy this distillery. And, oh, all of a sudden, there's a Dollar General on the sleeve, thing on the sleeve, you know? <laughs> No, no, they've just opened up a Dollar General on the sleeve of that shirt. Like that's just how that goes. <laughs> someday I'm going to walk in here, here to your home studio here, and there's going to be a, it's going to be part of a Dollar General. What do you mean hi. going to be? Already <laughs> hi, is. I'm uh, here to do the radio show. Oh, hi, aisle 13 by all the boxes that are left on the ground for us to stock. Yeah, right over there. Yep, uh huh. And if you could uh, straighten up while you're back there, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, bro- broadcasting live from the back corner of a Dollar General somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> where it all smells like dryer sheets. Indeed. Which is not good when you're also right next to the bread. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the living years at Solid State Radio. Jack White at your local alternative, Solid State Radio. And yes, we will get to the uh, we'll get to the lion stuff coming up in a little bit, but you had something that honestly has me a little bit fuming. Yeah. I mean, this kind of uh, go coincides with the NHL's plan to expand to even possibly, if every team get, if every city gets their wish, we could be up to a thirty-six team uh, league in no time. Meanwhile, do we really need to be? No, we don't. No, we don't. 
And I think I've got a solution, or at least NHL has a solution right there in front of them. But they won't look at it. Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets, you may remember that they were the Atlanta Thrashers. It didn't pan out, so they moved them to Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, Everybody says there needs to be more Canadian teams. Bring on more hockey to Canada. We can support it. Well, the numbers would prove otherwise. Gary Bettman has been meeting with uh, the uh, Winnipeg faithful there and saying it's a strong NHL market. They're not in crisis mode, but... They're totally in crisis mode. The Jets have seen season ticket numbers drop by more than 25% over the past three years to 9,500, with an average of 13,140 fans per game. Not terrible. I mean, the the Arizona Coyotes would love for it, would chew their left leg off for that. Right. But this is a... This is a, a traditional hockey market, and this is not a bad team. I mean, they got one of the best goaltenders in the league. They've had good players. So what's going on? I mean, did they put it into a place where uh, you're you're either a Calgary fan or you're a Toronto fan or you know? So I don't know. So I'm not entirely certain what it is that's behind the uh, the decline in attendance. Because it doesn't, it, it seemingly doesn't make a whole lot of sense that there is an attendance issue for a team that's currently leading their division. Right. It doesn't make sense. If I'm if I'm Quebec City, I'm thinking, oh, here we go, because they're one of the people that have been clamoring for an NHL team again. And as far as I know, Bettman and company, they haven't even given them a look. And this is probably why. I mean, the, the dollar is not as strong as it is in the U.S. Not that the U.S.'s dollar is a big powerhouse either. But they, you would think that a Canadian team, they would support their own. But that just simply isn't the case. So maybe you have a floundering team in Winnipeg. You have a city like Atlanta that wants a team. All right. You can have this team back. Call it Thrashers Part 2. And then see, see what you can do. And then in, in 10 years, we'll move it back to Winnipeg. Exactly. That's probably <laughs> what's going to happen. So I've, I've, I'm looking a little bit into the issues going on with the Jets. I mean, for, from the start, just let me say this. Like, Bettman's having these emergency meetings to talk about a potential move of the Jets when we're not even considering doing anything about the current clown show that is the Arizona Coyotes. I think that's Strange ridiculous. that's happening, isn't it? Huh? Right. It's like down there, it's like, oh, oh, everything's great down here. They're not moving anytime soon. Things, this is fine. Everything's fine. It's the dog sitting at the table with the yeah. house burning around it. Yeah. And that house is mauled arena. Right. But, you know, all of a sudden, this is a crisis. So it's interesting. So there were some questions taken from uh, before Tuesday's game against St. Louis from the fans. And it sounds like um, there's a lot of issues with things in Winnipeg and with the stadium and things of that nature. You have one guy complaining about, um, the, the point, one guy who points to a downtown unfit for a social night out, an arena staff that make you feel as if you're entering a prison rather than an event you're spending months worth of grocery money and a car payment on. Oh, but you know, what's going on around the arena in downtown has nothing to do with, pe- <laughs> with people wanting to go to games, Adam. Hey, if they, if, if they have a good product, you go to the game. Which they do. People, uh, rude attendance and everything else. Look, the, atten- the people working over at the Fillmore are terrible, but people still go to those concerts. So it has nothing to do, I mean, that's what that person says, but 
you put a, a team that put that team in the Stanley Cup Finals, people won't care. So, well, we'll eat before we go going to town. Well, you know, we'll deal with this rude usher or whatever. Right. One example he gave: in New York, fans are encouraged to go down to the glass for a photo or to catch a puck. Not in Winnipeg. Dan concluded with this: "It's our entertainment dollar that they're fighting for. Otherwise, it's going towards a ski vacation or Cancun, and we'll watch on TSN." Another season ticket holder, uh, well, until recently a season ticket holder, (laughs) says she loves the team but not the organization. Quote, it was a horrible experience. They did everything for everybody but their loyal fan base. (coughs) Thousands upon thousands of dollars, and I have 20 Scotiabank scarves to show for it. Took away points cards, parking, and jacked up the concession prices. Now they wonder why the base is leaving them. She said when no one canceled her tickets, or when she canceled her tickets, no one even asked her why or, or attempted to, like, keep her from going and there and this sentiment came up from a couple different people like yeah we're canceling our season tickets okay see ya whatever yep. not even uh, how could they help to keep me on not even a thank you right on ice mediocrity and service it's poor to terrible is how another fan uh described it he took the veiled threat from last season's ad- advertising campaign as a gut punch compounded by the recent threat Another fan emailed to say how much she loves this year's version of the team, but too many things about the fan experience turn her off from going. They've poured money into the building, but everything offered is so expensive, limited in choice and quality. Never once do you feel like thanks for coming and supporting the Jets. That is, that is a big part of it. That is important. Yeah, like it, there is some part of like they don't, if they're not making you feel welcome at the arena or giving you those options with the concessions, I mean, we were at LCA a couple weeks ago, yes, and you certainly can't complain about the options presented and offered. Nope. I mean, granted, we were well. We ended up in the suite section, and it happened to be conveniently just across the hall from the one bar in the place that makes craft cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that, even, that did make for an enjoyable experience. But there's even if if you're just going to a regular game there on the concourse, there, you certainly have a decent amount of like food and drink options and things, and no one's ever going to say that that the people working at the stadium aren't absolutely, you know, Listen, on Olymp- their game. Olympia Entertainment, they know what they're doing. I, I never have had a bad uh, experience with workers uh, at LCA, at the Joe, uh, Fox Theater. Always had a, po- uh, a very positive experience. Some very nice people, uh, friendly people. Yeah. Like, like the ushers, they're just as much hockey fans as you are. Exactly. Sometimes more so. Yeah. Maybe not more than you, but, you know, for a lot of people. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and a lot of people, too, are really wondering why this guy who's backed by a you know billionaire partner and is a, certainly no uh, broke-ass in his own right... Why they're so quick to raise the red flag and like, we have to do something about this or we're going to take your team away, you know, making these kind of veiled threats like, yeah, (laughs) quote, the whole world is having economic pressures except the ultra rich. Yes, he can foot the bills for a while. Like there is a lot of, you know, the finances going on there. And as was pointed out, there's a lot more than just ticket sales to the finances of this team. I mean, you've had two teams giving each team millions in expansion fees from uh, you know the Kraken and the Golden Knights. Yes. Like it's it's there's more to the picture than attendance. Ticket sales while yes they are important are not the whole picture here. Right. Yeah, I mean it sounds like uh, hearing it from the horse's mouth uh it sounds like it's just a really bad experience. I mean, 
I will I will stick to my guns at the fact that if they had a Stanley Cup winning team, uh, they would grin and bear it when it comes to that kind of stuff. But they don't, so they have they have to entice people to come to their arena. You have to make people feel welcome when you're there. On top of actually putting a good product on the ice, which they are doing to this point, to their credit. I I didn't even realize uh, they were number one in the Central. Yeah, they're doing quite well. And and that's the sad thing about it. It's that the ownership are so tone deaf and the experience is so lackluster for the fans on game day there that even with having a team that is very much in the driver's seat for a playoff spot at present and still can't get people to come to the arena on a nightly basis. And you're, you're talking a team four points out of being the best in the Western Conference as a whole. Like, what more do you have to do? Like, you got to give the people some entertainment value for their buck. I mean, look at Vegas. Yes, I know. Vegas is the entertainment capital of the world. But look what Vegas has to compete with every night. I mean, you go up and down the strip and even over into into old downtown Vegas, like you've got, you have so many other things mm-hmm. competing for your attention every night. Yep. Like big names. Now that the sphere's open, you have even, even more stuff going in there. You have all these big names and residencies and all the glitz and everything else. That every casino has some sort of, you know, big live entertainment act. And Vegas, to their credit, they lean into it. They make a show out of their presentation as well like we we've watched the the whole thing with the night coming in every night and doing the the whole uh slash of their the opponent (laughs) and they make it a good a good entertaining game day experience for their fans yes because they have to because they have to they have everything else in vegas to compete with competition for the entertainment but i mean if you're you're a hockey fan you're going there for a hockey game i mean it's i i know what you're saying you're probably you're talking about like the uh the uh, couple, nice couple from Boca Raton, Florida, who are like, well, should we go see Carrot Top or see hockey? You know, something like that. You're, there, there is those people. Um, there are. And put and Carrot Top on the apology list. I don't want to make it sound like he, uh, he's a bad comedian, but he is. Um, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, I mean, these are all valid arguments. And even, even though I poo pooed the idea of Detroit getting an all star game, not getting an all star game because there's not, you know, a, a, a Chi Chi's or a Bennigan's right next door to, I mean, point taken. I mean, there's not a whole lot to do. Uh, what, and that's probably one of the reasons why they jacked the prices up for everything is like, well, you know, we're your only option. Come on in. We got you now. And that's what I feel like is happening in Winnipeg, too. Like, that's, well, I, that's what I meant was I'm circling back to Winnipeg. Winnipeg treating you like, like they do. Like we we know we're the only game in town, so come on, give us your money. Let's we it's it, it's kind of like it's it's always funny that the places that don't have to worry about competition always give you the worst com- customer service. Like you know, yeah. the Secretary of State <laughs> never been a pleasant experience <laughs> for anybody. Better put them on the apology list. They're listening. It's like oh oh, we heard you talk about us on the radio because we weren't helping our customers. We were listening to the radio and uh, back of the line. Oh, they, they do. They're the most, especially, you know, here locally, they're the most uncaring, unfriendly, like, government organization that that there is. But you have no choice. If you want to drive a car, you got to go deal with these people. So they could, they feel like we can, we don't have to have good customer service because where are you going to go? How else are you going to get your driver's license, right. buddy? 
Yeah. And I feel like that's what's happening here. Like, because oh, they know they're... In. Dollar General has now made an option to get your driver's license at Dollar General. <laughs> you know, I'd be entirely fine with that. <laughs> yeah, better than having to deal with anybody at Secretary of State. <laughs> yeah. But that's what it is, though. Like, there's not... Like, like it was pointed out, there's not much to do in Winnipeg. It's not exactly the most... Uh, touristy place it's certainly not the most like ha- go out for a you know for a night out on the town or anything like they know there's not much else to do and they're going to get that support by default so they started acting like they're just going to get that support yeah. by default and clearly it's costing them because and whose default is it um i mean now they've hit the panic button and batman is meeting with them <sighs> This, I mean, Batman's backpedaling a little bit now, though. He's yeah. saying, "Oh well, no, no, things are going to be okay. Like it's, it's, it's all fine. right. Calm down, everybody. We're not actually moving the team yet. Uh, he won't. He won't because that was his idea to move it out. Well, it was his mo- idea to move it from Atlanta to Winnipeg. He's not going to let that flounder. But they should. I mean, if Atlanta wants a team that bad and they think they can hold it, fine. Move, move the Jets back to Atlanta. Call them the Thrashers again, and go from there." See, see what happens. I mean, as opposed to having a 33rd team in the league for Atlanta. Yeah, it, I don't think that that's a thing that makes really much sense for the league. Like, it's, I, I know everyone likes that quick infusion of expansion money. I know all the other teams in the league certainly like having those payments. Sure. But that's not a sustainable way to ensure the health of the product in the long term. It's diluting things, ultimately. Correct. It's going to weaken the level of talent across the league. And while, yes, this is you know, as talented of a group of players as we've seen at any point in our lifetimes, like, let's be honest, the level, the, the level of you know, skill and talent and speed and everything from these players is the best that's ever been in the NHL. But you don't want to risk diluting it to like an AHL level by creating another a, another team with another roster with you know more players that aren't quite NHL ready like at some point you do reach a level where you just can't keep the level of talent up to where it needs to be to keep people interested in the product yep. and keep adding more and more teams to the league it's just not a feasible thing no it is not and i feel like 32 is about as close as you're going to get to you know, all the things being even in a good round number and, you know, the, the divisions are currently, you know, working well as they are. If we're going to talk expansion, I hate to say it, you it might have to just start talking about moving certain underperforming teams that happen to reside somewhere in the greater Phoenix metropolitan area. <laughs> so Arizona goes to Utah and Winnipeg goes to Houston. We call it a day. <laughs> right. We don't have to adjust conference numbers. Just keep going. I'm more fine with just move Phoenix to Houston and Atlanta. You don't get a third chance. I, well, that's why I thought. But he, uh, yeah, well, not to Atlanta, but because I was originally thinking Winnipeg back back to Atlanta, uh, Arizona to Houston. But then the conferences would be lopsided. Yeah, there there is that to to consider. Certainly, it is happy hour at Solid City Radio. Stick around. So I have an update on a story that we talked about earlier this week. Okay. So you remember we talked about uh, Wendy's and their questionable at best decision <laughs> yes. to implement surge pricing. <laughs> surge pricing that they were uh, during busy times. They're going to jack the price up uh, for reasons uh, unknown. Well, for because they thought they were going to make more money off the deal, and as it turns out. Well, they're backpedaling a little bit on that now, <laughs> as you might imagine, and quite frankly, as they should be. Mm-hmm. After 
supposedly, uh, basically making the announcement earlier this week that that they were going to explore quote unquote dynamic pricing. Dynamic. Yeah, dynamic. That's a fancy way of saying. Well, we're going to church. Uh, we're going to charge you more during a rush. Uh, they're they're putting they're trying to put a different spin on what their CEO meant when he told investors that the fast food giant would introduce dynamic pricing <laughs> to its menus. When the CEO Kirk Tanner had said, I just, I just imagine his head being in a guillotine right now. No, no, hang on a second. Let me let me reiterate. <laughs> Quote, beginning as early as 2025, CEO Kirk Tanner said, we'll begin testing more enhanced features like dynamic pricing and day part offering, offerings, along with AI-enabled menu changes and suggestive selling. Everyone interpreted that to mean that Wendy's would increase or decrease prices based on demand, similar to rideshare services like Uber. Uh, of course, as you might have mentioned, pissed a lot of people off. So that has prompted Wendy's to pivot the CEO's message. The company put out a statement yesterday saying, quote, Wendy's will not implement surge pricing, which is the practice of raising prices when demand is highest. We didn't use that phrase, nor do we plan to implement that practice. The company said any features it decides to test in the future would be designed to benefit our customers and restaurant crew members. They are planning to invest in all digital menu boards at their restaurants. Then they did say that digital menu boards could allow us to change the menu offerings at different times of day and offer discounts and value offers to our customers more easily, particularly in the slower times of day. Mm-hmm. Which still sounds like ultimately the, the regular price is going to go. <laughs> it's going to be like you know how every like furniture store does the thing where like our our prices are super high until it's like the President's Day sale or whatever, yeah, and then we knock them down and we pay your ta- we pay your sales tax. There, there's always something like that. Like the now that the regular price is just so ridiculously high, and yeah. we just drop it on you know on sale when we're dead as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess isn't a great thing either, but I guess it, it, it beats this, what we all thought that meant, that being that, oh, we're just going to, oh, it's a, it's a middle of the rush, and you get there and now find out that your <laughs> burger's like an extra 10 bucks that you thought it wasn't going yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. I know. We, the station has a Twitter account. We need to get on there and see what Wendy's Twitter account has to say about all this because their tweets have been golden. And the fact that they interact with people who throw them shade. We need to see what's going on with that. Because I do like it, but I guarantee you whoever runs the social media for Wendy's was just told to shut the F up right now. Yeah. Like, look, our CEO's already making this difficult enough for us. Don't add on to it. because <laughs> yeah, they had to curb that person. Because they're like, Wendy's, you're going to jack prices up during lunchtime? I'm done with it. I'm not coming here anymore. <laughs> oh, Wendy's would be like, yeah, go F yourself. Yeah, have have fun, have fun over at McDonald's, and you'll realize their burgers suck, and come back yeah. here, something like that. <laughs> we'll be ready for our McPology, <laughs> McApology, right? <laughs> like I feel like that's exactly what would happen. Like no good comes from Wendy's being allowed to be their usual snarky selves on social media. Yeah. Like it's a bad idea for all parties involved. Yeah, Dorothy used to work for Wendy's for a long time. I, and I forgot to ask her about this. I'm going to have to ask her about it. She told me, do you know why bur- uh, Wendy's burgers are square? Because they don't cut corners. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's witty. Yeah. So witty. Just serve me a frosty and shut. <laughs> <laughs> 
Better put Dorothy on the apology and list. And Wendy's. <laughs> and, and Wendy's, and I Wendy's. I don't want. I don't want to know what they'd say about us on social media. Oh, they'd roast us hardcore. You know they would. <laughs> Here's a new one from Pearl Jam. It's Dark Matter. It's Solid State Radio. So we're getting close to the start of NFL free agency, and the Lions are certainly expected to, at least in some capacity, be buyers when things start to open up. But it's been kind of suggested by Brad Holmes that we shouldn't expect this team to necessarily make big splashes in free agency. But there is uh, something rather interesting that makes me think that maybe he's being a little bit more coy about this Uh than necessarily uh, he is letting on. So odds are out for, because, you know, you can bet on damn near anything these days. You can bet on what players are going to end up with what team in free agency. And obviously a big need for the Lions has been defense. Chris Jones is a big name on the free agent market if KC chooses to let him get to that point and doesn't either get an extension done with him or slap the franchise tag on him ultimately. And it's rather interesting to see that among the teams listed is potential favorites to land Chris Jones. I think Houston came up first, despite the fact that, well, he drunkenly said at the team's uh, Super Bowl parade that I ain't going anywhere, or I ain't going nowhere, baby. Um, The Texans are the first likely suitor at a plus 750, followed by the Bears, followed by your Detroit Football Lions. The Lions, and I've said it, uh, because of what they've done, what they've been able to accomplish, they're going to become more more attractive to free agents. People are w- going to want to come and play for Dan Campbell and the Lions because they, they know they've got a, a, got a good thing going here. I agree, and I do believe that, but do you expect to see the Lions make a big splash in free agency? Is that, even though Brad Holmes has been downplaying the idea... Could we see this team perhaps go after it again? We don't know necessarily that uh, Jones is going to be available, but could we see this team go after him or a Legereus Sneed, who is also a free agent and also a potential franchise tag candidate for Casey, who would immediately become the top corner on your roster and be the guy that you put up against the Justin Jeffersons and the you know, number one wideouts on other teams? They're going to have to fit. They're going to have to fit with what the Lions are looking for, uh, Holmes and Campbell. They're not going to look for that big marquee name to come to town because they have tapped into the correct way to build a team. You don't look for big names. You look for big talent. Talent will make a name big. So you're not, they're not going to be like, oh, well, wow, he, did, he did really, really well for KC. It's going to instantly translate to the Lions. That's not necessarily true. So it, the whole Herb Brooks thing, he's not looking for the best players. He's looking for the right players. And that's, I think that's what Campbell and Holmes are doing. It, it does seem that way. Like they're, they're doing the thing that, you know, this team struggled to do for a long time. That was actually build a culture, build an identity, and, and build around that. Like you see that more with the kind of teams that Dan Campbell has has been able to, uh, what, what he's been able to do with the roster that he's been given by Brad Holmes and kind of the, the culture that they've kind of in tandem put in place together. Sure. And you've, you've seen them obviously take a few swings and misses in that regard, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But, <laughs> I mean, 
he wanted to be here, no doubt about it. Like, he believed in, in what was going on, but, you know, didn't have that, like, uh, it was just a little too much ego there, a little bit more me before the team than I think certainly Campbell and Holmes would have liked, and ultimately yes. that's why your one-year deal is probably not getting renewed. Your one-year deal is not going to be a two-year deal. No, it, it certainly wouldn't appear that way. Now, I do expect that there's going to be something done here. Like, I, I don't think ultimately that Chris Jones is going anywhere. Like, he's going to end up, I think, staying a chief. I yeah. wouldn't be mad at Legereus Sneed, though. Or if you can be in play for Jalen Johnson, assuming that he doesn't go back to Chicago. There's, there's, there's your shutdown corner right there. I mean, he had four interceptions last year. He is absolutely, he's going to get some big money, no doubt about it. His estimated average annual value uh, per the spot track, and we'll, uh, we'll have some fun with this tomorrow because there's, uh, there's some things that relate to current players on this team and how much they get that I think a lot of Lions fans are going to be happy about. Okay. But uh, Jalen Johnson's projected to get a five-year, $15.7 million a year deal, and... I'd be entirely fine with that. Like, I'm not that worried about ultimately making one big free agency slash, whether it's Snead, whether it's Jalen Johnson, whether it's even Chase Young, who I'd be entirely fine with here. Right. Whoever it is, I would be entirely okay with making a big splash here because let's be honest, the salary cap isn't real. Like, you can make, <laughs> you can make the numbers work however you need to. to Sean, are you suggesting that Teams from the NFL circumvent the salary cap. How many times do we hear about like Stafford restructuring his contract? Yes. <laughs> about multiple players restructuring contracts and moving that money back further yep. to when you know, presumably the salary cap is going to go up further. And it's supposed to go up by a pretty significant number this year. It's, it's possible three, four years down the road, we're looking at a $300 million salary cap ultimately. Wow. And if that's the case, why are we worrying about any of this? Like, there's only so far, and I'm not saying be reckless, be irresponsible, spend up to the cap and damn all the consequences, no, but no. I am saying that you can, to an extent, play around with those numbers a little bit, shift things here and there, backload some of these deals when it comes to cap, you know, structure things with bonuses or however you've got to do it. That's why you have people, the financial people, who know how to make the cap work to make these things happen. And worry about, oh, well, we're not going to be able to sign like Sam Laporta four years from now. Sam Laporta could be out of the league four years from now. You don't know. This is true. You know, uh, Jameer Gibbs could be out of the league four years from now. We've seen that story multiple times at running backs here. Like, there's no guarantees that any of these guys are going to be around four years from now. To, to You can worry about when you're going to pay them, if you're going to have to pay them, then when you get there. Your competitive window is open right now. Your Super Bowl contending window is open now. You don't necessarily know that you're going to get back and rebuild and restock and get back to that point after four years from now. Like This is the time to start making that run. You've, you've proven you can get to an NFC title game and that you can hang with arguably the second best team in all football. And knowing that, you've, you've opened up the window maybe a bit more prematurely than you thought, but you have opened it nonetheless. So no, I'm not worried about, you know, if I got to pay some big money to a Chris Jones or a Legereus Sneed or a Jalen Johnson, yeah, I'm fine with having to do that because ultimately, 
it, it, these would shore up some major needs with this team on the defensive side of the ball for a team that already got you to the NFC title game. And you can't, you could probably, you could run out r- roughly the same offense that you did last year and ultimately be fine with that. But I don't think you can run the same defensive core out and expect to do, you, you could probably, you can maybe do what you did this year, but I don't think you're going to do better. Like, if you're going to upgrade this team enough to really make it so it's Super Bowl or bust, you got to make one of those big signs. You got to make a big splash like that. Yes. Not, don't be stupid. Don't be irresponsible. But also don't be inactive. It's happy hour at Solid State Radio. Stick around. Solid State weather for the rest of the afternoon. Mostly sunny skies today. High getting up to around 33. Tonight, mostly clear with a low of 27. Tomorrow, mostly sunny. A few afternoon clouds with a high of 49 and a low of 37. Then for Friday, cloudy skies early. Clearing up a little bit in the afternoon, though, with a high of 55 and a low of 39. You think that's good? 60 on Sunday. Woo! 70 on Monday. Woohoo! And it's going to stay in the 50s pretty much all week. It's too hot. You shut your goddamn face, sir. <laughs> 34 in Flint, 33 in the Tri-Cities, 33 in lovely downtown Lapeer under mostly sunny skies with cannons at Solid State Radio. That's it. It's over. It is happy hour. Your local alternative, Solid State Radio. As we get set to get the hell out of Dodge on a Thursday afternoon, but don't go anywhere because we still got an hour of local original. Uh, uh, I'll, I will get this right one. Of these local days, original music, and because it's leap year, long story short, it's an old Irish custom that on leap year, women can invite can propose marriage to men. And so for tonight's show, we're giving the power to the women. It's all the women of local original music in Michigan. There you go. Very cool. Should be a good time all the way around. Yeah. Tune in tomorrow at 3. We've got uh, some oh, Buy wow, or Sell yeah. Red Wings Playoff Edition. Shock got, show. Got some good news, potentially, about your franchise QB here in Detroit. And, of course, we'll do some unsolicited advice. Uh, we got some college football we have to get to because they're already talking expansion before the actual expansion happens at the playoff. Okay. And I've got another thing up my sleeve that I'm going to drop on Adam tomorrow afternoon. Oh, can't wait. It'll be a good time. To join us, won't you? Three o'clock-ish, give or take. Either way, talk to you tomorrow afternoon at three sessions is next. See ya.